Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Virag Garabjanian. Virag Garabjanian is a visionary leader known for his ability to drive growth through innovative strategies, disruptive technologies, and transformative deals. With a clear purpose of leaving the world better than he found it, Virag is passionate about bridging business opportunities with technology to create tech-enabled products that make a meaningful impact. Over the last 10 plus years, Virag has dedicated himself to untangling the knots and bottlenecks faced by enterprise and startup technology companies. Drawing upon his expertise, he has assembled a team of unique strategists, operators, and technologists who share his vision of helping companies grow through better strategy and powerful deep technologies, including AI, AR, VR, hardware, semi, wireless, mobile, and IoT. Well, good afternoon, Virag. Welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Brian. Absolutely. This is so fun. I appreciate you making the time, joining and hailing out of the great state of California there in L.A., uh, kind of close to my stomping grounds. I did spend about 10 years in Orange County. So uh, oh, okay. I was born and raised there, actually. Didn't that's awesome. That. Awesome. Yeah. Very, very cool. But again, appreciate you jumping on. And Virag, we're going to just jump right into the questions here. Let's talk about... Um, really solving challenges, right? Over the past decade, you've dedicated yourself to solving the challenges faced by technology companies. What do you consider the most complex bottleneck in bringing new tech-enabled products to market? And how have you navigated this? It's a great question. Some of the best technologies that I've seen are the ones that can struggle the most, right? Often the people who can create some of the best don't, are most innovative technologies, let's say, don't get a chance to have be seen and appreciate it in the market, I think it is a different muscle, right? And what I've seen work well is having you know, somebody on board, maybe can be the same person, although it's more, more rare than ever these days, or to be a technologist as well, but they would be in touch with what's going on in the markets in which that technology could be applied to. And so that means if it's more B2B, especially that's where I focus, then you know, being in touch with potential customers, listening to you know what their problems are, and or what products they might be trying to build themselves. If if your technology is something that fits into a product, that's kind of a different scope. But you know, being in touch with customers as you are building. You know, I know it's been said to death, but when you are building something that's really brand new, really cutting edge. Let's say it's a it's a new AI model, or if it's a new piece of hardware. I found, you know, those that have a better chance of success and bringing it to market are those that you know, have the relationships with the right decision makers within a given market. And, but even a precursor to that is knowing what markets you may want to tackle, right? And what makes the most sense. And so you're looking for ones ideally that are large, that are growing, that have stakeholders that have like a willingness to pay, who have budget, who consider, you know, the the problem that you are solving with your technology of relative high urgency. Why Combinator uses this great language of a recurring and urgent problem. I love that. So some problems could be severe, but if they only happen once a year, might be who cares, right? And so these are important questions to answer as you're going out and building something new if you want it to be you know, adopted in the marketplace or at least have a better chance of that, right? So there's some other factors, but those are my, my first thoughts. Thank you. I appreciate that. And we talk about that a lot on the podcast, being in touch with your customers, whether it's surveys, you know, or 
just areas where you can build a community where you can get real-time feedback from your customers. You can obviously tweak and, and make things around your service or your product so that you can absolutely serve the right you know, solution to their problem. But I uh, right. appreciate that. And Farag, your work emphasizes the importance of deep technologies like AI, augmented reality, virtual reality, and IoT. From your perspective, which of these technologies holds the most promise for transformative impact in the next few years? So I have a little bit of a controversial opinion on this one. I, I actually, there are technologies and there are uh, computing platforms. And I, I think that computing platforms, which I would kind of define as like, as it relates to technology, some subset of technologies that really change the way business users and consumers interface with information technology. And I believe it's those computing platforms that actually drive the biggest transformational change. You know, we started with mainframes, then PCs, then, you know, to, to laptops, to mobile, and that trend there being more and more personal, a better user experience, a more natural relationship between the user and the computing device or that architecture. And uh, although AI is all the rage, I think that does have a play in computing platforms, but I, I find it to be one of the ingredients. And that's why I'm very big on XR or extended reality, or just kind of an umbrella word for augmented or virtual reality. You know, the Vision Pro just came out a couple of days ago. I've got one beside me here. I feel as that when we hit that moment with these devices where they are as pervasive as you know a smartphone has been to each person, each individual, and then to each you know industry, that that's going to be what drives you know the most transformational change. It does take longer time. It does take more ingredient, technological ingredients to come together, content on top of that, and a and a change in the way you know, users or consumers see these devices. And I think we're literally in the middle of that revolution now. Uh, it is more silent that people really understand, but it is a big wave that's coming. And I do think that's going to drive more change in the world than, than even the smartphone made for us over the last you know, 10, 20 years. It's exciting. And I think that it's going to move the needle more in each industry than maybe even some of the individual stakeholders within those given industries as the smartphone did. So that's where I'm uh, super bullish, although it will, like I said, take a longer time. Sure. And we appreciate that. You know, again, everybody's got a unique perspective or story here on the podcast, right? So we appreciate, you know, kind of where you're landing on that. I, I, I do agree with you a little bit there. We've done a lot of discussion here on the podcast around XR and uh, how that's going to be one of the big leap, leaps, I guess, into the, the, the future as far as technology. So I'm I'm really excited to see more about that as time goes on. So thanks again. Virag, as a leader known for driving growth through innovative strategies, how do you foster a culture of innovation within your team and among the companies you advise? Within the team, I'll start there. It's really about starts with like not being fearful of of change, not being uh, too fearful of a failure. Basically, those are the found ingredients you need to be quote unquote innovative. And to me, I kind of define innovative as being able to adjust very quickly to the market and not only just being able to adjust, but at some point being able to make your impact in a given market, right? And to do that, you can't be scared of 
of, you know, losing everything you have already going for you. You have to always see what the changing dynamics are and, and how, you know, you can apply what you do have, the resources you have, the team you have. And so that's, that's a mindset that you need to be able to start with. And in terms of, you know, advising the companies, it's, it's not too different from that. You want to create the structure, especially for larger companies, this is more difficult, but you want to create a structure and sometimes even a legal structure where you, you have the capability to be able to innovate and that won't necessarily harm, you know, try new things and, and not harm your existing business. That can come through the technology partnerships. It can come through, you know, custom s- software or hardware development you might do on the side, but you need to be able to have that environment where people can think and play outside the given box of the, of the company. So important because the rate of change. <laughs> as everyone knows, is increasing, not decreasing, right? So if you're not trying something new, the time you have until you, which your products or services become irrelevant is, is only becoming, you know, shorter, right? So it starts with that mindset and then like the, the practice of, of uh, experimentation. Thank you. I appreciate your perspective on that. I know there's a lot of things that you need to do uh, during your daily workday to, you know, using that critical thinking and, and creativity to advise the companies that you support on a regular basis. So thank you. And Vera, last question of the day, looking mm-hmm. ahead, how do you see the intersection of business opportunities and technology evolving, especially with the rapid advancements in deep tech? Um, well, if we just take, you know, AI, for example, right, all this action we've had in the last you know year and a half, two years, there are, I don't know the exact data, but it seems to me that it's, it's only maybe even just a single digit percentage of knowledge workers, let's say, that are even using large language models in their, in their like daily work. And I think that's a number that's going to grow, but it, it already can offer you so much that it's changing the way people not just like produce content, but also even might develop a business strategy, might test different ideas they may have, right? They might, you might input certain data about, you know, your business and, and ask or prompt different questions that can stretch the way you think you can, you can almost use these large language models as like a second brain. And I, I already do that in my day to day. And I'm, I'm shocked at what it can produce. That doesn't mean everything it produces is perfect, but as a second brain that is in some cases, way smarter than we are on our own. It's incredibly powerful. And so I think that's going to continue to evolve as, evolve as people discover what it can do for them. And it, it's kind of a, something that you have to try. And then on its own, over time, you realize like, oh, I can also prompt this question or I can also input that information. And, and same way as like, if you can think, if we think back to like the early 2000s, you know, not everybody was using Google, but then after enough time, people realized that they can search for various questions in a much less natural way than we can now with a given large language model. And I think it's going to be something that people start to do more locally so that, you know, they have data privacy and all that. But that is, you know, a trend that is going to drive hard in the next three years. When we look at more, what I was speaking to earlier, more computing platforms, I think that's going to take longer but that's also going to change the the productivity of every given employee, right? So their ability to do more complex 
computing actions and wherever they are, when they'd like, you know, basically the Vision Pro here can, you know, allow you to do everything you would with four monitors, but wherever you want to be, right? So the productivity level of every given employee is going to shoot up drastically here in the next three to five years, which is very, very exciting. Thank you, Virag. I appreciate your insights, really do. And you're absolutely right. We've, I think last last January, the conversation around AI and LLMs really started to kick up and it just didn't, it was nonstop, I think through every podcast. <laughs> and I've had non-technologists on the podcast, but everybody was using some sort of new app that was leveraging some sort of AI platform or large language models. So I do appreciate your insights, really do. And Barag, it was such a pleasure having you on today. And I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Brian, nothing short of a pleasure. Please keep doing what you do. It's great to be here. Bye for now. 